Be cool, babe. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, welcome to the live sort of ish, at least in the same room. Live, not live. Live, not live. Dresden Files retrospective. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, you know, if you're uh, if you haven't read them and want to read them, turn this off right now because we're going to be taking the next who knows how long to see exactly. Talk about the books. Talk about what we. You know how we feel with the books, the authors, everything else. And we've already read all of them, so it's not like yes. we're going to... And today we have a special guest who you heard at the very beginning, my my wife, Miss Kelly. How you doing, Kelly? I'm all right. Good, good, good. All right, so The Dresden Files, for those who haven't heard, is a book series. There are 15 books in with some short story anthologies about Harry Dresden, professional wizard. In Chicago? In Chicago. In modern day times, right? Like, right. the book was written in like 2000. That's when Dresden is around. Right. Yeah, he's existing in our time. The genre is urban fantasy. So, a modern wizard. Urban fantasy? Mm-hmm. That's the genre. It's called urban fantasy. Which is real life fantasy? Or, like, it's modern a, time fantasy? Basically, yeah. Modern times. Not your swords and horses types of fantasy, but stuff that happens in the modern day with fantasy elements. I like it. Mm-hmm. So, we was... Okay, so the first book is Stormfront. You right. want to read off the back... Kelly will read off the back cover. It's just so we can all kind of get a general idea of what happened in Stormfront. These blurbs are terrible, though. Are they? <laughs> they always are. Oh, <laughs> are they? I've yeah, never so, read one. Have you read, like, Netflix descriptions on episodes? No. They're fucking terrible. <laughs> it's, it's really bad. Alright, Harry Dresden is the best at what he does. Well, technically, he's the only at what he does. So when the Chicago PD has a case that transcends normal creativity or capability, they come to him for answers. For the everyday world is actually full of strange and magical things. And most of them don't play well with humans. And those that do, they enjoy playing with humans far too much. Like a cat with a mouse. That's where Harry comes in, because it takes a wizard to catch a... Well, whatever the hell he had, it is he has to catch. There's just one problem. Business, to put it politely, stinks. So when the police bring him in to consult on a grisly double murder committed in the blackest of magic, <laughs> Harry's eyes light up with dollar signs. But here's where the but where the there's black magic, there's a black mage. And now that the black mage knows Harry's name, things are about to get very interesting. Magic. It can get a guy killed. Just awful yeah that's pretty that's bad <laughs> like if i were in the bookstore and like that was my like i'd be like this is cheese yeah it's i, I never would have read it i read it on the recommendation of a good friend of mine and he had to convince me for about a year that i needed to read this book and that my life was incomplete because i had that's kind of what i do with you i always Jacob had to give them to me like not just convince me hey you need to get this like here's this now read it yeah. After so, you had been telling me, what, six months or a at year? At least six months, yeah. yeah. have to read this. And every person I've given them to, like, full-blown full addiction. All 15 books, as All, quickly as they can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but if, if it was completely solely reliant on that cover blurb, it did no. Never so what been. is the synopsis of Stormfront? Do you have that fairly well? Uh, it's uh, Harry Dresden, like I said, gets called in by the cops to check out a double murder. Mm-hmm. You know, they, uh, remember, like, the black the black mage explodes their hearts? I do remember. I remember 
But there's also a completely other like side story in there that they didn't they... even address. There's a drug ring, and but don't doesn't that all converge at the end? Yes, in, into yeah. the same guy. Yeah, pretty yes. much. Yeah, like this but girl the thing comes is... and fires him. Right, but the uh, the whole thing is that Harry wasn't he wasn't like. He, yeah, the money part of it was a tempting part for him, and it was definitely a reason, but it wasn't, like, the reason. Like, that, the blurb paints him as this shallow, like, money-hungry dude, like... Well, I think in the first book he was a little more, though, because he was so broke in the first he book. He was so broke. Like, when she offers them 500 in cash, he's like, yes, okay, I'll do whatever you want for this 500 in cash so I can pay rent because it's three months past due or whatever. Maybe, but still, like it paints him as in as a character that is separate or different from what he actually is in the books. That's true. Because for the most part, like even if he isn't getting paid, Harry Dresden as a character is gonna do the right thing because that's what Harry Dresden does. Well, it stops being a part of the book completely by like the third or fourth book. He's not worried, and they never mention him being worried about money. But they never mention him well, wealthy either. That's there, there's a reason for that, and we can get to it later because it doesn't really become an issue until Deadbeat. Which is the seventh book. Okay, so Stormfront, like, for, like, one thing I do like about it is me and Ryan both did the audiobooks. Right. And the reader is James Marsters, who, for those Buffy fans, is is Spike from Buffy. And he does this, he gets really good by the end, but, like, his, the first reading is very sort of dry, gives this very noir kind noir. of feel, which I uh-huh. loved. I thought it was I fantastic. I did like that part. I didn't like it. I read the books first, the first time, and I felt like it made Harry... Because the entire book, the entire story is told from Harry's perspective, so it's all first person's perspective. But I felt like the way Marsters read it in the first book changed completely the car- the character that I got to know when I read the book the first time. When I read the book the first time, Harry came off to me as a much more passionate, emotional person. And then when I hear this audiobook reading of him, it's very deadpan and flat. And I don't know. It was very... like I can't listen to those. I can't listen to the first one anymore because of just how flat it is. And that's not Harry to me. Harry Dresden is a much more fiery personality. I mean... Yeah, I went back and read or re-listened to the first one after I got done with the full 15. The first one does seem slightly separated from the rest of them. Well, it's kind of like... Uh, the pilot. It's the pilot, or like... Uh, like You make the first movie, and you don't think it's going to be great. Right. And then all of a sudden, you have all... You know, it does really well, and you have enough money to start really... Putting effort. Putting effort But that's into. just the audiobooks. That has nothing to do with the story. That's just audiobook production value. But Stormfront... Well, in Stormfront is also... The book itself is it's very good. so much... Up. But it is. World it's building. all set up. It's all set up. Yeah, but there's also a lot of stuff that he, I felt like he set up in Stormfront that didn't end up holding true. Now, That's I don't have true. any specifics, but some of the way he, some of the way magic worked, or some of the way spells and some the of the way, spells he uses. He like he how, only ever used them in the first book. And how important the rules are mm-hmm. in the first one, like because the uh, well, he still had the Doom of Dam- Damocles on. Yeah, right. In the first one, mm-hmm. in the first what. Three? No, the first one. It comes off at the end of the first one. That's right, that's right. The Doom of Damocles, which is, you know, the wizard probation, because now you need backstory. The wizard probation, because he had killed his mentor in self-defense, but he got put under the doom because it was never... Because you're not allowed to kill anybody with magic. Killing with magic is completely forbidden by the laws. Yeah, you can't kill humans. Well, that's why I say anybody. Not a demon. 
You can kill some fucking vampires with magic, no problem. Well, they're vampires. The they're not down. demons. Oh, yeah. Well, he gets in trouble for that. He does. That's in the third well, he book. He starts a war. He starts the whole war. Yeah, and he gets in trouble because they're like, uh, you were pretty sure just killed some humans in here. So when, like, when, because uh, I assume, yeah, but you, you really enjoyed the first book the first time through. Yeah. Like, oh, when, yeah. when were you hooked? Like, when, when was, like, can you remember, like, a point in the book where you're like, yep, I'm... The part that sticks out to me the most is when he meets Tutu for the first time. That was when he really did some magic to me. You know what I mean? Like, and he and the way he explains magic is the the writer tries to take things like that is kind of real life magic. Like they try to in, incorporate Wiccan and different things, like where he's drawing the pentagram and he's doing the circles and he's setting the trap and and I liked how he took stuff that's kind of vague out of those different ideas of magic and religion and all those things and made it into like in this universe this is how it's done like this is him actually doing spells it's not like some teenager reading like a spell book and trying to like try to do it but he actually could do it and that was the first part where I was like hell yeah to See, me anyway I always hated Tutu just because Marsher's voice for him he does so fucking job. grating yeah oh it's terrible I hated it for me I it's, thought it fit I got used to it that became Toot Toot's voice to me. Well, it is the same for me, too. It's just... <laughs> I ended up loving Toot Toot. He's a badass. Yeah, he is. He's a little, bit, a little badass. The super... Whatever. Admiral in the Zod yeah, Lord's yeah, yeah, Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> the what Zod the Lord's Guard. Hello. Whatever. Easy. Get it right. What was the part that got you? What... I loved the world. Yeah. Like, I don't... I almost didn't care about the... Anything like the characters, I just loved the world that the magic was real, and there were vampires and werewolves and trolls that lived under bridges that stole babies and Greek gods and Greek gods, gods and, and Santa Claus. Gods, yeah. And yeah, I just I love the, the world so much. And but like the honestly, it's really early, like when he starts talking to Bob for the first time. Mm. I was like, I, I was, I was done at that point. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be doing this for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Bob the Skull, which is a spirit, a, it's a spirit intellect. of intellect. Yeah, it's spirit a of intellect. Air spirit of intellect. He's been alive for like a thousand years and seven hundred or something. He's like the most powerful tool, though. Like almost any wizard could have. He's like, too he's been, powerful. Mm-hmm. Like they tried to, they the he, the White Council doesn't even know he exists. The White Council is the governing body of wizards. Yeah, the, the White Council would, would take Bob away from Harry if. Oh, you think they, so? No, no they, they, they said that's they canon. Say it in the book. Oh, they do. Yeah. yeah, it's in the, it's, White Knight. No, I mean, I'm sorry, it's in Turncoat. It's in Turncoat. Because they talk about it, that. Because they talk about how. He used to be the spirit of evil. intellect for like the worst wizard ever. The most evil wizard. Oh, so. it was the one that in Deadbeat, the necromancer, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Kimler. Yeah, and so he has all that knowledge, and so. It, but then he also was uh, with Harry's mentor. Yes. That's how Harry got him. Right. The same way that Harry's but, mentor got it from Kimler. Yeah, Harry's yeah. mentor got it from Kimler, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves now. It's true, but what about you? It was, it was there a point in, in Stormfront that you're just like, yep, or some, it's something so that you remember long. that you love about it? It's been so long since I've read it. I, like, I mean, I... It came out in 2000. I read it yeah. in 2009, which is, God, six years ago now, 
And that's the very first book I ever stayed up all night reading. I just couldn't put it down. Like, I kept telling myself, oh, I'll just do one more chapter. And the next thing I know, I'm, like, 100 pages from the end. And everybody who reads knows, well, once you're 100 pages from the end, you might as well just finish it. Might as well, right? Right? I mean, and it's so short. It is like, it's a short little book. It doesn't feel as short as it is. It's only eight hours. Yeah. Like audio. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, I don't know. It just grabbed me. The The way Butcher writes it, it felt so cinematic to me. It's a very set piece heavy book. And so right. most of Dresden is. It's very set piece oriented. You know? So being so dramatic, so cinematic, cinematic in my head made the entire, it made the entire experience hit that much harder and. I mean, I was at a place in my life where maybe things weren't going so great, and it was just a wonderful freaking escape. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, you yeah. can just sit and close your eyes and listen or read. Right. And, yeah, and, and, and you do go to that world. It's like a virtual reality almost. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. crawled into those books, and I didn't come out for until I'd finished them. But at that point, only Three. they were only up to, like, uh, Turncoat, I want to say. So I had to wait a while for the next ones. Okay, so do you have do you have like a favorite scene that you can remember that you just really loved? Like, oh, I do. What's in Stormfront? Yeah, oh, yeah. Stormfront. The uh, the Toad Demon. Oh yeah, yeah. The naked Toad Demon in the mixed up potions. That part was great. That was, it was hilarious. hilarious. Wasn't Dresden naked? Not the Toad yeah. Demon. Yeah. No, Dresden was naked because he had just got uh, out Susan, of the shower. Susan had come over for a date. He and was he had getting a sh- yeah, and he so he jumped into the shower. And right as he was coming out of the shower, the toad demon attacked his apartment. The toad demon was sent by the big bad of the story, uh, the shadow man, Victor Sells. Um, And so the toad demon attacks right as he's getting out of the shower. And they take refuge in his basement, his His sub-basement lab. And, and um, And earlier that evening, or earlier that day... Harry had brewed up some potions as just a way to pass some time and help him think. But Bob wouldn't do it. Unless, unless he, he made, made a, a love, love potion. potion. And yeah. Bob made the dirty love potion. Not a normal love potion, but Yeah, the dirty, the dirty trashy love potion. Uh-huh, with tequila and stuff instead of the other, like champagne right. or whatever. Exactly. Like, that's pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah, but like the, the, the $50 bill, and he was like, well, you could use diamonds. <laughs> no, the 50 will work. Yeah, it's the trashy, slutty... Yeah, it's the trashy one. Like, My kind of love. So potion. anyways, but he made that in addition was, to an escape potion. Right, he he wanted the escape Susan potion to drink. Mm-hmm. He told Susan to drink. There's a sports the bottle on the table, drink it. And she drinks a love potion. She's not trying to like, this toad demon trying to, to kill him. And like, she's trying to like, fuck him. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. But all the stakes the feel real. Yeah, like, the stakes real are tense. He's like, mm-hmm. like, he's going to die. <laughs> I didn't like the part that the toad demon gets through the uh, threshold so easily, though. Yeah, that that's that a... becomes Much not big. as easy to do. Later, later in the in story, the it becomes not able to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. thresholds become a very big deal, like, and a lot of like defensive spells are built off a threshold. Right, he, he, that goes kind of retconned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. Re- that's the thing too. Is with the first book, you can kind of tell that Jim Butcher still finding his feet. Because if you've read anything about him and the kind of the making of the story, it originally started out as a short story that he wrote for a creative writing class. Right. Um, and he kind of built off of that. And so you you can kind of tell in some ways that he's still finding his footing with the world right. um, in the first couple of books. I do like how thresholds become a big deal, though. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It, it, it's a really good, like, steadfast piece. And it makes sense for the world. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really helps. 
One thing I do love about Dresden is how pragmatic he is about everything. About how he's like, I don't want to get it. Some wizards, they just want to work in one medium. And he doesn't care. I'll just like pull out his, you know, revolver and shoot somebody. Yeah. You know? Where... Yeah. He's like, Toad Demons aren't expecting a 44 to the dome or whatever. <laughs> he's like, we don't normally deal in that way. You know, hey. Nobody expects a wizard to punch you in the face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, he's hey, a big hey, dude, right? Isn't he's he like 6'9", like 6'10". Six, six, yeah. But he's a string bean. Yeah, so but even still, though he's, he's still like 210 or Yeah, something. he's still like two, I think 240 or yeah, something. Yeah, he's a strong, big dude. Yeah, but he's he's a skinny guy. He's a skinny, tall guy. And he always is described as storkish. And I like how he's got tons of horsepower. And like he's like one of the most powerful wizards of just raw energy. Well, and he talks about that, how he, when it comes to just raw power, he's great. But he does not do the fine-tuned stuff well, which no. I like in a character because I hate it. I hate when you get these characters that are like all powerful. I'm good at everything. Wee. Right. They're just boring. They're <laughs> they just boring. boring. And but, it leaves room for other people like Molly to fulfill those right. roles that he doesn't. She does like the veils better, and Again, she's super the, sensitive. Yeah. yeah, we're just getting ahead of ourselves. So there's still so much ground to cover before we get there. But yeah, I, as a character, I I enjoy Dresden because of his flaws, um, because he's he's a real character, like. He's a person, and it's it's nice to see somebody else whose problems are way crazier than mine who can get through them. Right, and that's probably more than anything else about Dresden is like it feels the characters feel so real. Yeah, there you just kind of expect like every time I fly into Chicago, I expect to see Demon reach out in Lake Michigan. That would be cool. <laughs> like every time, like I'm looking for it. All right, so uh, we need to address something here because we've gone on a lot about. Stormfront, and we have yet to mention a very important character. I was getting to her. All right, good. Are you, are you talking to? Well, there's a lot of. I mean, they set up a lot of big characters. You got Karen Murphy, Karen, who's in every jo- book except for one. Mm, she still has a small part in it. Yeah, but basically not. Uh, you have um, Marconi. Marcone. Marcone, who is like the basically boss. yeah he's. The Godfather of Chicago. Yeah, he's, he ends up being a really big deal. Oh, he, is, he becomes a straight... I mean, he's always been a badass, but... He's he a, a baron legit stuff, badass. Yeah. yeah, so... But Karen, I'd like to know his story. <clears throat> There's something else going on there. I have it if you want to see it. He released a short story told from Marcone's point of view. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Which one? Um, I have it on my Kindle. I can't remember what it was called. It's part of a other anthology. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. Who else was introduced? Well, Murphy, <laughs> Susan, Carmichael. Susan, yeah. Susan. Susan. Is Carmichael? Carmichael is Murphy's first partner. Right. He, but he doesn't last he, very long. He lasts until the third book. Yeah. No, I thought he died by the... Nope. I know, I the, thought... he, oh, the second book. I'm sorry. He second, dies by yeah, the loop guru in the yeah, second the book. Right. That's what I was book. thinking. Uh, I was thinking, like, Toot Toot, I mean, he pops Toot Toot's a huge part. He's yeah. a huge part of it. Because yeah. um, that's your introduction to the fairies, and fairies end up being huge. A, pretty much the main point of the Do books. Do you meet... No, the vampires are... No, the vampires. Not the first book, but I'm Not talking the first about book. over the whole series, the fairies end up being the main thing. Yeah, do we meet, um... Thomas? The fairy godmother? Uh, yes, you meet the Lenanshi. You don't meet Thomas. No. You don't meet Thomas, but you need, I, I believe you meet the Lenanshi in the first Which day. is huge. I mean, you his, don't meet Mab, though. His do godmother? You? His yeah. fairy godmother? Yeah, the Lenanshi. Yeah. <laughs> Dresden has a fairy godmother. 
One of those fun not very things. nice. Yeah, very not nice. Fairies, fairy fairies turned out to be not very nice. Nope, they are all very, um, I don't know, I guess true neutral would be the best way to go about it, but they, they don't like humans a whole lot. They see them as a means to an end, which is great. They do see them as a means to an end. Um... But we haven't talked about Karen Murphy, who, in my opinion, is one of the most important characters in the books. She's one of my favorites. Yeah, like sure. she is like, she's pure like white knight. Like she is like a white, you know, lawful good. The whole she does way. corrupt a little bit towards the end, though, right? Mm, I don't think corrupts the right word for it. Maybe more so tired. Yeah, uh, she tarnished. Corrupt. She does corrupt a little bit because in the beginning, it's completely feasible that she gets a sword and she uses it mm. righteously. Hey. But by the time she gets a sword, she's like, I can't use this righteously. She, no, it's no, she could. She doesn't want to. No, she no, no, she couldn't. That's the point. That when she she breaks one of the swords because she couldn't do all it. Right, right, we are way ahead of where we should be. Everybody right should have read all of these books. They know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but we're supposed to be. Going it goes in with order. the flow of the conversation. Uh, go in order. <laughs> this is why she can never podcast with us. Yeah, obviously. What about Butters? Is he in the first one? No, no. he's not until he doesn't show up until he's in the Death? second. No. Hmm. He's not. He's, he doesn't show up until summer night. Yeah, he and he doesn't really become a big deal until much later. Uh, Deadbeat. Deadbeat. Yeah, because yeah. Deadbeat's the Halloween one. Yeah, Deadbeat's yeah. the Halloween one. That's when he really becomes a character and becomes. Because I don't know, is he in the other ones? Because he's really. There are a couple of them that he isn't in. They use Butters as a doctor to fix up. Yeah, because Dresden Butters is the, the medical examiner. Room. Right. Right. Right, and what I do like that how the magic interplays with with modern technology. I did like that part. Mm-hmm. I really did. That, was, that was nice, and I liked how he used it. Was able to like finagle it. He's like, at one point he talks about how way way back in the day, like with modern technology progresses, wizards can get around more and more of it as long as it's old enough. But like he was like way back in the day, it presented itself as milk would sour in the presence of a witch, and we would have bad skin. Hence why they have all those old wives tales about warty witches and things like mm-hmm. that um and then you know as as modern technology progressed they can use you know gramophones and things like that i like how he he explains though that like you can't magic doesn't really interfere with physics very often so like a pistol like a normal like revolver right. still works around a, a well, wizard right because it's so low tech yeah i mean right. and... firing pin shell boom Primer and firing mm-hmm. right. Magic doesn't get in the way of physics often, is what he says, or whatever. Yeah, yeah something like that. But I also like how the magic, it has to obey the physical laws. Yes, there, it has some... Fire still behaves like fire. Fire still behaves like fire, and, you know, it still takes all the energy to actually do something, like, the you're turning, like, mm-hmm. turning something into ice. I mean, it still takes right. the physical, and the world works as though it should right uh-huh. you know it's not like in harry potter where you can just do it and it's okay right you know it takes you a physical it, toll it has a more of an alchemist feel like full metal alchemist everything has to have an, an equal exchange for what right. you're doing mm-hmm. right but not quite not quite he does summon like he does get a lot of his energy from his will yeah, yeah doesn't sheer have force of will. It's a lot of emotional energy too. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why, like after a lot of fights, he's always like dead. He's mm-hmm. like drained. He's, he's just been like pouring his soul into every spell, you know. Right. Or uh. But he, but he's still like he's got to move the air, you know. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's got to. And it takes a lot of energy. It to takes move a lot of energy to move the air, or to change that else. much, to take out, pull out that much heat from something, or to put that much heat into something. And one thing I thought was really great was the final scene at the house 
With the scorpions? With the scorpions, and just the way it was described, like, he turns on his third third eye and can see, like, the bugs and the demons crawling on the house. That's another thing that I really enjoy is the whole third side of it all. Because that goes into one of the main plot points of the story is the, um, the third eye drug. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that, what they're creating with the yeah. That's what they're creating with the sex right um, was the third eye drug. But the third sight and how it shows the world for what it really is and how that's how something wizards can access. But how everything that you see with it is indelibly printed upon you forever. Unforgettable. Unforgettable. In perfect detail. Mm-hmm. And that if you use your third sight too much, you go cr- crazy. Right. Wizards that's why quick- a lot of wizards went crazy because they never turned it off. Wizards quickly learn to either cut that off or they go crazy. Right, yeah. right. But, but he I'm, doesn't use that tool as much as he could towards the end. He still He gets so fucked up by it. Yeah, like... like he gets so fucked up, he begins to become, like, scared to use it. And he does talk about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About how scared he is to turn it on because of just how much shit he's seen. Oh, we also meet the, uh, the Enforcer wizard. Oh, Donald Morgan. Morgan, The yeah. warden. Yeah, who's a complete asshole. But by the end of the... St- by the end of it, he kind of becomes oh. a decent guy. Yeah, He's always finally, an asshole, but you get dies, why. I felt bad. Oh, yeah. yeah I was, I was like, emotionally... You understand why he is the way he, he is. He reminds me of Dwight Schrute in The Office. He's no. like the perfect cop. No, 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 but I'm talking the air, uh, the character progression where beginning of The Office, you hate Dwight. Right. Dwight's an asshole. By the end of The Office, you love Dwight. He's right. still an asshole, but you love him. Right. But the thing is with Morgan is, especially as the series progresses, you learn why he's so hard on Dresden and why everything is the way he is. Because another part of it is they live for so long. And so the way the way Butcher put it was, you know, a cop on his beat for 70 years, 100 years on this beat, day mm-hmm. in and day out, it's going to take a toll. It does. It does. I, I like how... I like how Butcher isn't afraid to do that to his characters, make them real people, and give them the hurt that real people deal with. It's and it's not easy to do. No, like I was writing episode two of Corlex, and like I beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. That was really really hard to do. Like I'm sitting there like getting queasy and sick to my stomach because yeah. I'm beating the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. I, I felt bad about it. I read somewhere an interview with Jim Butcher. He said something about how it's not his goal to torture Dresden. His goal is to torture his readers. And the best way to do that is to torture Dresden. Well, he's kind of an asshole. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's mean. And Dresden goes through a lot. He always gets the crap beat out of him. When do we meet the White Council? Uh... Like, really meet him? No, like, when, when would we meet, like... You don't know it yet, but his grandfather or McCoy? listens to win. Yeah, like when did they get? They come into it in pretty um, quickly, right? No, it was in it was Third in book? summer night. It yeah, summer, it's night. summer night it's when they show four. up. Is summer night? Summer night's the one where right? Is that when Kincaid shows up too? Kincaid. Yes, Kincaid. The badass. That's when assassin. they go into the. Um, I'd like to learn more about him. That's when they go into the um, the vampire den, yeah. and he fucks them up with the architect, the arc, the, the archive. No, that the was archive. a different one. That was a different that one. That small favor. The archive's not in full moon. Uh, no, no uh, the archive. archive doesn't come into it until death masks. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because death masks is also when you. Duel. So that's when you first meet Kincaid. Okay. So that's... you first meet Kincaid in death masks, blood rites. 
is where you meet, is where they storm the vampire lair. Deadbeat is the one where Mavra basically holds Murphy ransom. Or her life ransom. I'm talking about the first... Where, what's the scene where they're in the stadium? And Kincaid is blowing them away with the shotguns and throwing the shotguns away because he's melting the barrels? Uh, that the would barrels. be... Um, and he, and that's, that's when Dresden... Mask. Isn't that the first time Dresden really blown away by how badass Kincaid is? Yeah. Like how he's just taking out vampires and he's like, holy shit! Mm-hmm. And they're running he's throwing them out of the golf bag and he's pulling another shotty out. Yeah. And he's using... Dragon's Breath or something? Something, Yeah, Dragon Breath round. That's a real round. Did you know that? Yeah. Like, you can YouTube Dragon's Breath. It shoots a 40-foot flame out of shotguns. Fuck. Yeah, you can buy it offline. It's a real thing. (laughs) Oh, boy, that is definitely something I need. I need it in my life. I need that in some (laughs) tanner. This seems like something that should be in my life. (laughs) But I want to say that it's Death Masks, because Death Masks is the one where he... Uh, what's his face? The the vampire guy challenges him to a duel. Right, and it's all we'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll what get about there. full? Are we done with Stormfront? Yeah, let's let's, let's move let's move on to full moon. You want to read off the description? Yeah, Where fuck that. It was horrible last time. Well, but now it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Fun if it's just like the shit show. Let's see how bad it gets. You know? Let's see. Let's see. It's been so long since I've read these. I never read them. I refuse to read prologues and uh, introductions and. Back like I said, the only reason I read these books was because a friend harped on me for about a year for it. All right. So when we left Harry in the first one, he just got the crap beaten out of him. So now business has been slow. Actually, business has been dead. And not even the interesting watch-your-throat undead variety. It's just plain dead. You'd think there'd be a little bit more action for the only professional wizard listed in the Chicago phone book. But lately, Harry Dresden hasn't been able to dredge up any kind of work, magical or mundane. Just when it looks like he can't afford his next meal, a murder comes along that requires his particular brand of supernatural expertise. There are brutally mutilated corpse and monstrous animal markings at the scene. Mm -hmm. Not to mention that the killing took place on the night of a full moon. Harry knows exactly where this case is headed. Take three guesses, and the first two don't count. Yeah, very trashy. It's terrible. It, got, it was better. It was it bad. did get better. It's still bad. But you can still. I wonder. I wonder what book we'll get to where he stops mentioning him being broke, because it is a. In the beginning, he does use that as a tool. It is a tool. Yeah, in it's the beginning, a, it's, it's a, a tool for motivation. Yeah, and that and it works. It does. People gotta eat. Starvation is the greatest motivation. Full Moon's one of my favorite. Really? really, I loved the Loot Guru and the whole. I loved. How, okay, so in this universe, the idea is that, like, all magic kind of exists, or anything that humans have kind of, we've wrote down, fairy tales and different things, Mm. have some level of reality in this universe. Mm. But when he gets to, when Bob is describing the uh, werewolves, and he goes, well, how many werewolves, what type of werewolves do you think exist? And he's like, well, there's the kind that turns at full moon, and he goes, yeah, that's this. He goes, but there's also the kind where they, um, what were the, the, the... Hexenwolfen? No, the ones where they could put the... The belts on? That's no. the Hexenwolfen. Right. There's the Hexenwolfen where you can use like some type of... And but the, his friends that he ends up being the, friends with. Right. The they, they can use magic. The wolf... That's be- all they know. That's the only magic they can the use. The wolf is- that became a human taught them how to transform it. Right. So it's like he didn't just take one version But then there's also mag- the lycanthropes, which are basically wolves in human skin. They can't transform. They're just wolf-like humans. Right. Right. And I loved how that's like the Native American... Like, there was also the brujos or whatever, where they could, like, Native Americans shapeshift into a wolf. Right. So he takes not just one version of magic, 
but Jim Butcher gets to take all of them and incorporate them all, and just something about that is like, that's when I knew it wasn't going to be just waterbending and firebending, but it could be waterbending and firebending and Merlin-like magic. You could just, it was when I realized that the whole, all of magic could be part of it. Yeah. He didn't have just werewolves in one version. He had all the versions of werewolves. And I was like, hell yeah. And I really, really enjoyed the circles. Oh, the... Where the, they use the different... The different gems and stuff to create circles? Well, where they... Yeah, they make it out of pure silver. And uh, they right. make the different, like, runes mm. and stuff are drawn like symbols. And then another's... Like, you can make these really powerful, like, cages mm. to hold the... the I deep. loved that part. Yeah, the, the magic circles are really cool. I liked that part. And I also like how, like, it doesn't matter. Like, because I remember he was talking in, in one of them where if he could just visualize it all right you can do it without it they're, they're just props they're just tools right you right. could do it without any of them but it requires mm-hmm. so much effort that it's not doable right right or you could easily flub something yes and mm-hmm. flubbing is bad because mm-hmm. <laughs> it can blow you up kind of thing yeah. Yeah. or whatever your summoning can get out lots of energy <laughs> see full moon for me like i enjoyed it especially the first time through but i have a hard time going back to it that may be true for me i've only had it one i've only done it once but when i it is i loved the monster the bat like the main badass werewolf that they were trying to hold into the circle that they couldn't the Lugaroo. when he goes fucking ape shit man he takes on the the prison or the yeah the, the county jail. thing and he's just fucking steel doors up and brick walls and just but what i liked about it really was the twist how he wasn't really the main baddie like nope. he was the biggest monster in the book he was the monster but, but he wasn't, he wasn't the bad, the bad guy, guy. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm is the uh, the FBI it was agents? The FBI agents who were right. becoming the Hexen Wolfen. Which is part of that's the first time you start to see the long con for the for the the Dresden Files. And it is a long. That's the play. first introduction of the, the behind the scenes guys who were control like the mm-hmm. what does he end up calling them the the Black Council yeah or the yeah, Dark the Council or Black something. Council. And we don't even know anything about them yet. Not yet. Not no, and we're 15. at sixteen. <laughs> Ugh. But that's slow when, play. But that was the very first introduction. That was the spark of where. But he even starts. then, you don't even know that it, no. something's Rubo happening. Has, no, because he doesn't even put that together until later. Ru- well, later. but if later he well, talks about the stormfront, right? About how Victor Sells. About Victor Sells was, oh, got the powers. Got the, the powers yeah. to mm-hmm. do it from the Black Council. The three, right. right. He thinks that there's some other council at work introducing artifacts and information into the system to what? to throw things off. God, I guess I guess even the first two chapters of Stormfront he actually brings it up cuz he it's either him or Murphy says something about how things are getting weirder every day. Like it's something in the first two chapters where he talks about how it is kind of a theme somewhere in Yeah, it if you things are becoming more crazy. Yeah. Right. But wasn't there a wasn't there also some type of theme about how science has kind of failed us and human beings are starting to go back towards these things? There, there was that. He um, mentions that in some way. He does way. mention it too. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's one of those like hindsight things. Like, and I gotta give him credit. The fact that if he if he was really like paying attention and did pay, it on purpose, did it on purpose from book one. Yeah. Because the the reveal in book could have been what, a happy 14? accident. Probably. Yeah. It was pr- it probably, probably. Was a happy accident, but it works. maybe it was just J.K. Rowling did it though. She did. She got lucky. When when the blood mixes with Harry, um, she has what's his name, smile like he knows something that he's and you don't realize what he smiled about until the almost the end of the last book. Yeah. So she did intru- you know so artists I mean authors can't do that they can specifically and inject you know something at some point in their lives like they have a, at least a large 
overarching idea for everything that's going to happen in this world. A beginning and an end, it's the middle that has to get filled in. Right, the right. details. Yeah. The the dialogue. Right, you know, and, and the path along the way. Um, for me, I don't know, the second book was kind of forgettable. I feel like the first three books really are just world building. Yeah, the, the second really book to me is just fun. And you get to meet, like... Like the alphas. You mean the alphas? Who are, who are the two people from the alphas that Georgia ended? and Billy. Bill. Billy. Billy. Is it Billy? It, Billy Borden. It becomes Will later. Will. Right, mm. right. They, they end up calling him Will. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he it, it, here he's Billy. And then going from Billy to Will is kind of a mark of... Him growing up. You know, it's a mark of Harry becoming way less condescending. But yeah. Harry's like, oh, I recognize you as an adult now, even though you're married and you're taking care of all of these... This huge pack of this, you know. But weren't they like college kids in Storm? And yeah, yeah, they were very young college young, kids, like eighteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so Billy and Georgia are kind of the ringleaders for this little wolf pack. And Full Moon is where you first realize something's up with Marconi. He's not just a normal human. He's not a. Well, they he's, never. They never. He's still a normal human. He's just a badass. I don't believe that. I think he's. I a don't vanilla. believe it. I don't believe he's vanilla because he makes the knife throws that are impossible for a human to do while he's twisting. Not even like even if he is vanilla, it's a it's it's a different level of vanilla than like. He's say, definitely I'm. human because he soul gazed with Harry. You can't do that if you don't have a soul. Right, but you can soul gaze with other wizards. You can soul gaze with other. You can soul gaze with powerful other wizards, but they beings. all have to be human. I'm not saying he's not human. Yeah. I'm just saying that he is a. There's something about Marconi we don't know yet. Right, and I think that's going to be a big thing. I think so too. It's going to be like. Because that's when you first realize that Marconi's a fucking badass. Oh, yeah. He's hanging over the pit as bait, and he's throwing the sword, his knives and cutting ropes and shit. I was like, hell yeah. I liked Marconi, and how he's so fucking smart. Oh, yeah, and he's part, like, he's so... I think it's, like, something I think even Harry starts to realize. Like, mm-hmm. first he thinks he's just a thug. No, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And then, like, later on, especially in Full Moon, he's like... Oh, this guy is for real, real, real. And no he, play, play, and he keeps getting more and more badass. Yeah. Like he just doesn't ever seem to fuck up. Like Marconi's like always becoming more powerful, always becoming. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, always on top of it. And, and I love that he has the Valkyrie. Oh, guard. Yeah. yeah, the girl. And I like how when they were flying into the thing, she's like, yeah, I got Flight of the Valkyries on the helicopter, and they're blasting <laughs> Flight of the Valkyries. <laughs> I loved that part. I didn't realize she was a Valkyrie at first, though. Nobody did. Oh, is that... You weren't supposed you, to know. You didn't get it? Okay, I didn't get it. But you would get it when... What part does... Oh, when did we introduce, um... Mike? Michael? That would be the third book. Michael comes uh, in on the third book? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember, like, they, it opens up with them, like, chasing ghosts. And you're like, who is this guy? Like, for me, at least, yeah. it was very abrupt where Michael shows up, because... I, I guess we're moving on to the third book now. I uh, guess so. I mean, the second book, I think we kind of went over. We what, covered what, what, it. What's important in the second book? Any intru- uh, characters introduced? The alphas. Alphas? Um, it's the first time we kind of realize really the Dark Council's... Oh, uh, Harry and Susan's relationship actually becomes, becomes a, a relationship. relationship. Yeah, they start really they dating. They actually start dating. You know, and that, that's kind of 
Yeah, it's, it's a, a big, big deal. It's a, it's a very big deal. It's a very yeah, big deal. that's yeah. when they start dating. Was in the second book. Because at the end of it, you know, that's when like she buys him the new duster. Yeah, and the duster. He gets the new because before he had a, the canvas duster that gets kind of beat up, and mm-hmm. she gets in this really nice leather duster, and that duster those, is his yeah. thing. That's his thing. He spends all those hours tattooing the runes, mm-hmm. different stuff yeah. with Bob, and putting on those protective spells, right. which the duster ends up being a big deal. It does at the end because it's Butters has got it. Butters has got the. It does, poster. yeah, but it's, it's also like bulletproof. Right, he designed it to stop. Right, he had all the the wards mm-hmm. on it to, to still stop hurt him, but it would. Right, it was like it was like wearing a bulletproof vest. Mm-hmm. You're still gonna hurt, but you know you're not gonna have a bullet in you. So does he lose the duster at some point? Somebody steals it from him, right? Steals that in his car. Who yes. That. That was Death Masks, um, Anna Valmont. I love Anna Valmont. Oh, I love Anna awesome. Valmont. We'll, we'll get there. So Grave Peril. This is actually probably the book I... This is the, kind of the tipping point of the book. Um, where they... Uh, where they start to really establish the overarching long play theme of... Well, this is when the war starts. Yeah, this is the war. And the war will take you through the next nine books. Yeah. As kind of the overarching, this is the shit that's happening in the background, and sets up kind of the mood for everything else. It's really kind. Of, it's it's a really neat mechanic the way he did it. Right, it very is. So so let's let's hear the terrible dust cover. Right, can we do something a little different this time? You read the dust cover, and then after that, kind of give us a quick synopsis of what happened in Grey Pearl. Sure. Because you have the better memory out of all this. All right. Okay. So Harry Dresden's faced some terrifying foes during his career. Giant scorpions, oversexed vampires, psychotic werewolves. It comes with the territory when you're the only professional wizard in the Chicago area phone book. But in all Harry's years of supernatural sleuthing, he's never faced anything like this. The spirit world has gone postal. All over Chicago, ghosts are causing trouble, and not just the door-slamming, boo-shouting variety. These ghosts are tormented, violent, and deadly. Someone, or something, is stirring them up to wreak unearthly havoc. But why? And why do so many of the victims have ties to Harry? If Harry doesn't figure it out soon, he could wind up a ghost himself. See, they've already abandoned the money. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're departing from the Harry's broken needs work. Right. Uh, we're, we're departing from that a little bit. But mostly what that book is about is... um. Well, first off, we missed a character in the first book. Who? Bianca. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, Bianca the vamp- Vampress? The Vampress. Who runs the, uh, velvet, the velvet Room. room. Oh, the one he ends up, yeah. 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 So we missed Bianca. And he uses the pock, like, the, 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 I loved the that. The pocket yeah. full of sunshine. He had caught the sunshine in yeah. a uh, white cloth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when he flashes, she melts. Yeah. And he's like, I thought she was sexy until I saw that. Now I'll never forget. <laughs> he's like, I know what vampires are. When, but, um, is this the one that starts off with him with the puppies? No. No. No, that's my favorite one. That's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. No. I, okay, but anyway, scene. so this is... So we still haven't met Thomas? No. We met. We meet him in this book. Thomas well, shows I, up in this book at the party. Drunk or whatever, right? No. Anyway, so here's kind of a brief synopsis from what I can remember about the book. Um, so, Jim, but or so Harry Dresden, obviously practicing wizard. We start off with him and Michael, who we just met, but it kind of it feels like it drops you right in the middle of their you know their relationship like you should have known him all along right but michael who is basically the knight of the cross he's a knight of the cross you know and harry 
and there's a lot that goes into that, but they are hunting down this ghost in a nursery uh, at the hospital who's been basically killing babies because she was a disturbed ghost. And they find on this ghost that she has, like, this barbed wire wrapped around her that's causing torment. And he starts to see it um, through different victims of this ghost, the same barbed wire torment thing. Um, and it ends up being that it's the ghost of some warlock that they took out. The first one. No, it's not that guy. It was a different guy. Um, that kind of in the in-between phases, the Shadow Man. No, not the Shadow Man. It was a different one. I could have swore that this it was wasn't. the, the Black Wizard from no. Stormfront. It was the one wizard. It's a different one. At least it was a theory in the book before he it knew. It felt he, like he, that's what he was trying to tell you it was. And, and I think I think Harry guy. at one point was like, this. I think he says that at, right. at one point, at but point. then you realize it wasn't that way. Okay. But anyway, so um, eventually what happens is this girl shows up in Harry's office and hires him to protect her because she's being pursued by a force which ends up being this um they, they end up trying to use her as a um sacrifice right and this is when we meet like she this is when we meet the father right and the, he goes to the church right and, right yeah. and so we find what's, what's, the, what's the guy's name i don't know so basically what you end up finding out is so they end up they're using this girl because you you find out either three quarts of vampires the white court, the black court, the red court. Mm -hmm. The black court is Mavra, the red court would be Bianca, and then the white court is Thomas. And they all have their little intricacies, the sex people, and then the Dracula ones, and then the bat ones. Um, Mavra wants to basically unmake the sword of the cross, mm -hmm. Michael's sword. And she wants to do that by killing this, the, innocent with it. the innocent with it, the girl. Mm -hmm. Um... And they end up getting it away from Michael because Michael gives it to Harry to hold while Charity's being attacked, and he drop uh, Harry drops tries it. tries to use it. Yeah, but he uses it out of anger. Or whatever, out of anger, not out of righteousness. Drops it and he loses. It loses its shine. The yeah. Lenan, normal sword. The Lenan, she picks it up. And at that point, she can pick it up because mm -hmm. it no longer has the yeah the right no more right. <laughs> so the Lenan, she picks it up later in the gives it as a gift. gives it as a gift and. In, uh, in trade with Mavra for the Anathema, which comes in a lot later in Nemesis and all that. Mm -hmm. um, that's when Dresden says, fuck it, right? And burns the whole place that's down. That's when Dresden yes. says, fuck it, and burns the whole place down Kills and tips everybody. off the vampire war because he was there under the um, host rights. The Celia Accords. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, he was there as a guest, right. and he killed under the host. The Accords, right. Right, and he killed the which, host. Um, Unprovoked, except that she had... Very much provoked him. Yeah, she poisoned him. Right. He was having to sit there and watch like an innocent... Well, and, yeah. and she poisoned him. Yeah, she had poisoned they, him They had too. been poisoned. They poisoned everybody, though. Yeah, they yeah. poisoned everybody. Mm -hmm. To put him to sleep. Uh-huh. But so he, he burned down the house. Um, Susan ends up getting bit by vampires because she snuck into the party. When she wasn't supposed yeah, to. Yeah, and Harry was like, don't do it. And she did it anyway. And she got bit and, and half-turned. Half-turned because she never... Fully turned because she never drank the blood of an innocent. She never gave in right, to, to the, the thirst. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so, and that's what tips off the vampire wars because this party's host by the Red Court Duchess and he burns her down. Uh, seemingly Thomas is in this somewhere, right? He is. He's at the party. He helps Harry get out. He helps, right. he helps retrieve the sword and gets it back to Michael. Uh -huh. um, and Harry's really puzzled by all of it because he's not exactly sure why this vampire is helping him. 
but Thomas tries to play it off as like he doesn't like his parents or something. Yeah, he right. Like his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he but doesn't turns, like his dad. But it, it really is that Thomas knows that he's Dresden's brother. Yeah, because Harry, because Thomas knew his, his mother, mom. Mm-hmm. the mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so great peril is big because of Michael. Really? Because of Michael, and it starts the vampire. Yeah, it starts which the is vampire. Most of the story that we have so far. The next nine books. Yeah, right? it takes you all the way through changes, which is number twelve. The thing I love about Michael is it's not often you get a Christian person mm-hmm. in a book that isn't a moron. Right. And he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's not like he's a genuine good guy. He's not fucking around on his wife he loves his kids he's doing his best he's a carpenter does great work she does great work they have like 12 kids they're all excellent yeah yeah it's really nice it's it's refreshing because normally the christians are the punchlines i really like since we're still so early into the series that we're still building the universe Mm -hmm. faith-based magic Uh uh-huh oh yeah it's not like any other magic in the universe it's a completely different kind of faith or kind of magic and it's, and it's like a subtle, down. like it's a subtle, you barely know it's there, but it's like some of the most powerful kind of magic, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really beat it. I really like that. Yeah. I really like that. No, seriously. Yeah. I like how the sword rings. Yeah, it just yeah, comes it's... with power. Like when he pulls it out, all the vampires are like, oh shit. You but know? only but only when Michael wields it. Right. Because well, he's the wielder of it. Yeah, it's the And thing. it's Amor- Amorakius. Amorakius, the is... sword of love. Which is the sword of King Arthur's sword? They, that, yeah, Excalibur, which is that later. That is the rumor. Is that is, that no, is the is. theory? It is that it's yeah. They kind of they hint the, at it. They, they hint talk at about it, it, but they don't ever say it directly. But this is Excalibur. I don't they, think they do. I'm they might have. Sure, they do. I know Michael talks about that. He thinks he's traced it. And he thinks it. He thinks it is. But I don't know. know if it's I don't know ever if they ever verified, verified. But I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, it's I'm the only sure. sword that wasn't broke after it was forged. Yeah, it's never been reforged. All the ones have been reforged. Right. Mm-hmm. Is this when? When do we meet Sonya? He comes into it in Death Mass. Death Mass. This is when you meet the other Knights of the Cross. Okay. Because that's when the Nanarians show up. I like how you have an atheist Knight of the Cross. Yeah. I love that part. They do a good job. Like at the end, you got a Jew. Yeah. He's like, I don't know if a Jew can do this. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus was a Jew. As long as you have faith, right? I mean, it's all it's all about. Well, his is the sword of faith, right? Butters gets the sword of faith, turns into a yeah. goddamn lightsaber, which is cool. He's yeah. like, "Do you think it's okay to show off?" And Dresden's like, "Yeah, go ahead." So he pulls it out. And <laughs> <laughs> like, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Definitely cool too. I'm glad that the Butters finally became more of a. What's nice about at least the early parts of the books is you still have that detective storyline mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you kind of lose no, later yeah. on. No, the story starts to roll and Dresden's just part of it towards after, what, Summer really, Night? Death really after okay. s- After, well, Death Masks, you still have some of the sleuthing. Yeah, um, because... Really into blood rights. Yeah. You have and the problem. war really gets up and running. Right, he, he, becomes a, and he basically he becomes, becomes a, a soldier. Yeah, he becomes yeah. a warden in the a war. A soldier, yeah. But yeah, like, Grave Peril, again, it's just another really good... To me, it's a really good setup book. It sets up the world, it really... It, it's a mainly set up the vampire world. Yeah, it right. sets up the vampire war. Because then Summer Night, we set up the fairy world, right? Like, right. it really establishes yes. the fairy really... That's right. The Summer Night's ex- almost exclusively fae. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I like you are talking about earlier. Like, It's cool that there isn't just one 
something. Like there, yeah. there's there's you know there's the white court vampires which feed off of emotions. Yeah, emotional vampires. And then Succubus you have right, yeah, and then you have the red court which is blood. They're more like your vampire, uh-huh. your uh, uh, your Dracula. Dracula. No, Dracula. that's a black court. The black court of the Draculas. Well, they get it's a little fuzzy, fuzzy because the red court drinks the blood like Dracula would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But the but the black court has all of the um, sleep in the coffin, the sleep in the coffin, the stake a... to the heart type of thing. Mm-hmm. And the black ones are the only ones that are affected by symbols of faith, really, right? Like a cross will stop a black court, but they won't stop a. They'll stop a red court too. Right. They'll won't stop, stop a, red, a white court. But they won't stop a white. White don't give a foot. Nah, white have a different Achilles heel. Yeah. What is white's Achilles? Love. love. Oh, that's right. That's because Thomas and what's your name can't. Yeah. yeah. Anything touched by love or anybody touched by love cannot be. The last person you were with, if you loved them, you yeah. have a certain amount of power over you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, yeah, well yeah, if they touch protection. you, they burn you. Mm-hmm. Or they burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that great peril then? I think so. I think like to so. me, other than the beginning of the of the Vampire War, um, and you learn about the Knights of the Cross and how their swords can be unmade, I feel like that covers most. That covers the high points of Grave Peril. Well, also, also in Grave Peril, um, up until this point, Murphy has been very um, antagonistic towards Dresden. Like mm-hmm. she sees him as a colleague, but really not much more than that. Well, and uh, she very, still wasn't sure about yeah, him, like whether really, or not he was a charlatan or not. Or, or yeah, if she was taking him for a ride, or if he was the one causing these problems. And in this one, I feel like um, Murphy gets kind of, in a sense, psychically raped. That's right. That, this was this book. Yeah, where the nightmare um, basically starts fucking with her head, sticks his hands in her head. and That's right. Mm-hmm. Dresden has to put her into an enchanted In the sleep. office, and, Dre- and he was... But he was disguised as Dresden as at the Dresden, time. So there was a big trust issue after yeah. that. Right, and, Murphy, and that was there for a, a lot a of books. Yeah. yeah. Murphy and, has some serious trust issues about Dresden. And, um, and after Full Moon, and she actually saw the Loop Guru, like, she, she started to really... But she kind believe. of believed before that. She too, did, but it was... Dresden says that's one of the things that she could do that none of the other cops would is she's like she was smart enough to pay attention and go well you know right but, but after full moon and in a great peril she's very right, much right. a she's in this is true this is he's real. right he's not fucking with me yeah. yeah these are real things that are happening um and she stops immediately suspecting in the first book and the second book both uh she immediately suspects that it's stressed and who's who is the criminal behind all of these things uh well, she that's thinks, kind of a theme throughout most of the books because there's a few times where it Dresden really can't... ends in the f- after the first two well there's a few times where Dresden can't talk to her about it yeah and she um but she believes him she has that trust but in these in those first three books that trust is not there that is true there is no mm-hmm. trust in the beginning but like she does not they do strain their trust a lot throughout the series like, right does yeah 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 it's basically Dresden should tell her even though he isn't supposed to, he just should. Oh, you know, it's one of just those doesn't. things where he—he's kind of a condescending asshole about it. He's yeah, like, he kind of is. It's my job to protect you, so I'm going to keep this information from you because I feel like I'm protecting you by doing it, as opposed to letting her be a grown-up adult woman who is in these situations already and letting her make her own decisions about the world. Right, but he is... never told anybody about the White Council. She's the first person he breaks that rule for. Right. Right, but if she's going to be in the world and she's going to be fighting against it, it's better that she knows. Mm-hmm. And I understand, like, there are some repercussions if the White Council finds out that, like, Karen Murphy knows about them. But, again, she's in these world. She's fighting this fight right alongside him. 
she deserves to have as much information. Yeah. And when do we lose Susan? In this book. This book. This is when she, is she, like, she gets half-turned and she leaves town. Because right. she so doesn't trust herself. when were they banging? The fifth book. When she comes back into town. Oh, okay. Martin. Mm-hmm. Oh, with Martin brings him back right. to something. God, is that... To look I, I thought the, those were two different... Shot. I really thought those were two different books. What? With... Susan and that whole storyline, and then the the Denarians. Nope, same no. book. No, they mix the Denarians with the vampires at some point. When do we when do we introduce the Denarians? Fifth book. Fifth book. So we're still in Summer Night, which we were introducing the Fae. Yeah, yeah the we Fae. Got, we haven't quite started. We learn about the winter and the summer Fae and how they keep each other balanced, and so like when we have a super long winter, the the winter court is a bit stronger and we have longer winter summers is because the, the summer court's taken some more power. Yeah. It's kind of a neat dynamic. Mm-hmm. So should I read the dust cover? Yeah. Let's see how terrible this is. All right. And this is when they start getting kind of long, you know, getting that like 12, 13 hour, mm-hmm. you know, audio books. Okay. So summer night. Ever since his girlfriend left town to deal with her newly acquired taste for blood, Harry Dresden has been down and out in Chicago. He can't pay his rent. He's alienating his friends. He can't even recall the last time he took a shower. The only professional wizard in the phone book has become a desperate man. And just when things can't seem... Just when it seems things can't get any worse, in saunters the Winter Queen of Fairy. She has an offer that Harry can't refuse if he wants to free himself of the supernatural hold his fairy godmother has over him. Something we never talked about. Um, and hopefully end his run of bad luck. All he has to do is find out who murdered the Summer Queen's right-hand man, the Summer Knight, and clear the Winter Queen's name. It seems simple enough, but Harry knows better than to get caught in the middle of fairy politics. Until he finds out that the fate of an entire world rests on his solving the case, no pressure or anything. That was abrupt. That was abrupt. (laughs) So, like, I like... I really enjoyed Summer Night. Summer Night is... One of my favorites. Yeah, and like it's one of those books where you start listening to it, and the next thing you know, it's been four hours, and mm-hmm. you haven't been doing work. <laughs> you just kind of sat and stared. And you know, you says we like we talk about like you really learn about like how the phase work, and the not like the summer and winter night, and how they have to be human, and like how crazy they are, like how they're all like coked up and drugged out because mm-hmm. they can be. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they do all the dirty work for the Fae and all that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed that. And summer night. Oh, no, the nights aren't always like that. It's just that that one winter, winter night, night happened to be because that's how they controlled him. Well, but that's also one of the things about the winter night's mantle is it turns you into like a predator. Right. Like, I don't impulsive. know if it turns you in, but it definitely pushes you in that direction. If you let it, you easily, mm-hmm. be, you easily right. fall you easily into this. Right. You, and the, the summer night is not that way. The summer night's job is to stop the winter's night. Right, like, they're counter for each other. And he is not a druggy like. No, not Lloyd, not like him. But you know they do have. And they're not as evil. They or basically. As aggressive. It depends on how you define the word. It, it pushes them to the extremes. So where winter is characterized as cold and calculating, um, and predatory. The winter's some, mantle is not calculating though. Summer, the winter mantle is just the, the just yeah. Wrong. The winter night isn't. It's very just just do it now. Whereas the summer pushes towards, well, and I'm talking just the personality of the court itself. Mm-hmm. Cold, calculating, very rational, logical, um, 
you know, this black and white. That's the winter. That's how winter is characterized. Whereas summer is much more fiery, emotional, uh, impulsive. To me, the summer court was life and the, the winter court was death. Oh, no, that's true. Uh, not yeah, so, not would, so extreme, but I wouldn't go there. I, I, I don't think I because they're both like in their same. Like neither one right, of them is truly good. The way that the way that was exemplified to me is when the summer and the winter court go into Macanalis. So when the summer court goes in, all of the pillars turn to life and all the flowers start growing and and things become real lush and beautiful. And then when the winter court comes in, they all freeze and die and disappear. That's just what winter does. It's the time. But that's part of the court of winter. Like they are more, they are more predatory. They are more, they are trying to beat summer, where summer's trying to stop winter. That's not true, because winter is holding the outer gates. Summer is there know. as a counterpoint for their power. Right, but, well, yeah. But the idea is that winter is much more harsh. Yeah, not right. as winter is harsh. You know, just like a cold can be comforting, it can be harsh. Just like summer. I mean, it, the warm can be nice, but it can be blistering. Right, but mm -hmm. that isn't, it's not as exemplified in the win the summer court. We need to have less the summer court, people are so much nicer. Their parties are so much better. They seem so much more friendly to Dresden. They seem friendly. Right. They seem but, friendly, but, yeah. Yeah. They seem friendly. Like, I'm so, I feel like the summer court is just as sinister as the winter court. Well, they're fey. They're all fey. Yeah, they're all sinister. Yeah. They're all out to get the best deal they can. But I don't feel, I feel like the winter court and the summer court, like the summer is just to hold the winter court back. But the winter court exists for a completely different reason. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. To hold the gate. The, yeah, to hold the gate. Which we'll get to in a 10 bucks. A long time. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, I really enjoyed Summer Night because that's the first book where you see Harry. Harry's gone into a big depression. Because Susan left. Is this when he starts playing like D and D with the yeah. uh, the authors? I always thought those scenes were cool. Where he's just he, being a nerd. He blames himself for the fact that she got bit, and so he falls in this depression and feels like it's he's obligated to you know find some way to cure her of her new affliction. Mm -hmm. And basically, he's digging himself a hole for it. You yeah. Know? So. But then that's the. This is the first book where you really get to meet the White Council because there's a big White Council meeting. That is this book because yeah, really, well, because the Vampire War just started and they right, to, and like um, it starts raining toads and shit. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the Winter Queen is in town, but they the White Council have a summit meeting to discuss the beginning of the Vampire War and who's truly to blame for it. And one thing I, I'll give Butcher is, even though he's kind of bad at like sex scenes. He's really good at painting a beautiful person. Well, he makes the vampires. Or in, your, in like the winter phase and stuff. Just mm -hmm. tell you like, like, you really like, at least when I'm reading, like, that girl's a 12. Yeah. You know, like, maybe a 15. Mm -hmm. Like, just smoking. He does that so well. He's yeah. so descriptive. That's something I think is great. Without being book. really descriptive. He doesn't without really being wordy. Yeah, without being right. wordy. He just, yeah, you he's, he's the like idea. the anti-Ayn Rand. You get the idea. You know, Ayn Rand. can go on for pages. Ayn Rand will take a, you know, two pages to describe something where Jim Butcher's like a sentence and a half. To me, the worst of that was the guy, J.R. Tolkien. Oh, okay, it took him a whole bad. goddamn chapter to describe the fucking castle. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. It's a castle on a wall with some tears and, and some more walls. Pretty and that's it. That's all I need to know. <laughs> I don't need to know how wide the windows are and how far they're separated and 
<laughs> Fuck, man. I just want to know what happens to the goddamn ring. <laughs> Fuck your book. I never finished it because of that shit. Wow, you feel pretty strongly about Fuck this, don't you? Yeah, I, I spent many hours reading that goddamn book trying to figure out, and I just couldn't do it no more. When I read that chapter where he's describing the the humans, the main human castle or whatever, and it takes him like half Gondor. a chapter. It takes him like half a chapter to do. Yeah. By the time I got to the end of the description of the, the castle, he starts moving the characters through it. Well, now you're supposed to know how it's described. I forgot. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember how it's all too much. And yeah. I think we're getting off topic. And I got lost. What the fuck them? <laughs> but yeah. In a lot of senses, less is more when it comes to descriptions. Otherwise, you just tire the reader out. Or like, I get it. Yeah, Butcher does that well. He does. He does it very well. It's very refreshing. And it makes it easy to get into the story because he gives you enough of a description that you can kind of form this person in your head. But it's not so much that like this is the only way they can look. It it lets the reader really paint in the more, I don't know, uh, finer features. So, like, the way I see Dresden is, I'm sure, different from the way you see Dresden, but we all kind of see the same character. Right. Well, how do you see Dresden, then? Oh, I've never been able to actually pin down a face for that guy. Well, Ever. Oh, you mean physically see him. Yeah. I thought you meant more, like, emotionally. No, physically. Like, physical description. I've never been, like, I know how he's... I never put a dis- face on him. Yeah, I I've never... never been able to put a face on him. Like, I know how he's described. I gave him your skin, my build, and he was taller. Yeah, see, I put a face on everybody but him. Like, yeah. Karen, very real face in my mind. I couldn't draw it, though. Couldn't draw it, no. Yeah. But, like... Even if I was a good artist, I don't have that clear of a picture in my Yeah, mind. to me, he's always, uh... He's all... His, his... The way he looks, the way his face looks for me is always just a fluid thing. Like, he's dressed... But I think part of that's because the story is told through his eyes. Does that so, bother you? Not really. There's so many scenes... That I wish he could detach from Dresden and go show me Sorry. what's happening somewhere else. What, what is Thomas and Susan talking about, or what is Thomas and his sister talking? Like I, I can't be there unless Dresden's there. Right. And that part kind of annoys me. Like I really wish we could. I could. You want more? You I, just, I want just more. I just wish I could float to other parts of the story. You want all the stories? Yes, all of it. I, <laughs> I want it. a Thomas book. I want a Molly. Book. <laughs> well, we have a Thomas book. I love the, the world. The world. I just want to spend more time in the world. Well, that's what the game is for. Like, make me a GTA 5. Well, there's an RP. Yeah, but... It's not the same. Yeah. I don't have enough friends. We don't have enough friends. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, lonely people. We'll have to do it eventually. Like, get Jason rolling. Maybe at, maybe a couple months after the kid is born, get Jason and us rolling. You know, we'll just all get on Skype together. It'd be fun. <laughs> Would be fun. It Would be fun. But anyway, so summer night. Uh, probably through the first four is probably the best one. Oh, I agree. Is this where is this where the Winter Knight fucks up and she wants Dresden to become the Winter yes. Knight and he tells her no? Yeah. And he's like, all right, I'll just put this one on hold, start torturing him until you're ready. Pretty much, yeah. Gah. When when they get to the, I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but when they get to the the description of the torture that he went through, yeah, oh. I was like, oh wow, Jesus didn't do shit. Like if <laughs> Jesus was supposed to be killed the most inhumane way. They didn't have enough imagination. Because when he's talking about tattooing the teeth, I was like, oh, I can imagine how fucking bad that hurt. Yeah. Oh, he's tattooing the eyelids to the point where he was grateful that she would restore him. You know, like, she was like, I wanted to see how far I could push him without breaking him. Then I decided just Let's to see how him. far I could push him. Yeah. She was like, how far could he go? Oh. 
by the end of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, kill him, Dresden. Whatever it takes, just stab him or whatever it takes. Let him die. Yeah, let, let him, him be dead die. now. So, moving on? Um, I guess. I mean, there's still a lot going on here. I mean, the Summer Lady, you meet the Changelings. Yeah. You meet the Zoglord's Guard. You meet the werewolves have a really big... This is uh, where they introduce the Zollard's guard. Yeah, yeah. they they it remember, just forms. Remember, he uses them with the uh, with the the, the box cutters and the box cutters. That's how he takes down the Summer Lady. That that scene is epic. Like yeah. when, when they're fighting in the sky, like he finds the staircase up into the clouds at the end of the dock or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and like and, like, and that like so he goes in and finally gets to the stone table where the Summer Lady is about to kill Lily, who has been turned into the Summer Knight. So that she can transfer the power of the summer night into the winter court and just throw off the balance of everything. Like, the balance will be shifted forever. Basically, we'll all get plunged into nuclear winter. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to stop them, Harry releases the pixies to Toot and his men with... And they all have box cutters. And they slice her to death with the steel box cutters because we all know fairies cannot touch iron and steel is an iron derivative. Why? Is it just like one of those like... It's always been. That's it, how it's always been. Fi- fairies and iron. They cannot touch it. I wonder why. Like, I wonder why... It's probably the same reason that a black court can't have silver. It's Yeah, it's the same. It's, it's, or a, the, the, I mean, uh, I know it's one of those things that probably just is, but I would love to like... You're gonna like have why to, can't they lie? It's always been that way. That's just how fairies are. You, you, If you'd have to go way, way back into mythology to figure that one out. No. I mean, because that's just the mythos behind... The fairy. Right. Same with uh, vampires and sunlight, holy crosses, mm-hmm. right. and that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's so bad that I get so wrapped up in this fictional fucking world. I'm yeah. like, I think about it, like I ponder this shit all the time, right. as opposed to thinking about the things that are actually important to us. Yeah, like, like bills, money, and work. <laughs> my next promotion, whatever. Whatever. You know, what am I doing with my life? Who cares? Dresden's in trouble. <laughs> But anyway, so the winter court or the summer court gets thrown into disarray, and some of the so like Fix becomes the new summer knight, which was the changelings. One of the changelings. They were half fae. Half fae, yeah. So and they had to make a choice. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. to make a choice, or they live as mortals forever. Well, basically, they live as a human forever if they never choose. I thought they had to choose to either be human or. I thought they, they had. I thought they, they don't had... have to choose. They can. They cannot choose. Remember, Sarissa. It is a choice. I, th- I thought they had to choose by a certain day. Yeah, like, I thought by a certain age they had to choose. Either be human or be yeah. gay. Sarissa never did. Until oh. she became the new Summer Lady in Cold Day. Because she, Ma- she was Maeve's twin. Okay, I'll Man, I should you. Have, I should have reread all of these before we did this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys need to get better at reading. Come on. I read them. I can't be the only one who knows every word. Well, we're also getting the books I really know, like Death Masks. Like, it doesn't hurt that's one of my favorites, but Death Masks is so good. It is a good book. Okay. So, Harry Dresden, Chicago's only practicing professional wizard, should be happy that business is pretty good for a change. But he also knows that whenever things are going good, the only way left for them to go is bad. Way bad. Such as... A duel with the lethal champion of the Red Court who must kill Harry to end the war between the vampires and the wizards. Professional hitmen using Harry for target practice. The missing Shroud of Turin and the possible involvement of Chicago's most feared mob boss. 
a handless and headless corpse the Chicago police need identified, not to mention the return of Harry's ex-girlfriend, Susan, who's still struggling with her semi-vampiric nature, and who seems to have a new man in her life. Some days it just doesn't pay to get out of bed, no matter how much you're charging. <laughs> Why? It's always that, like, last line that's just like, ba-dum, chee! And I'm like, ah, oh, it's terrible. And apparently it or sells books. Or the part books. where it's only thing, the only thing that can go from good is to bad. I know, Wait, right? Yeah. But apparently it sells books. It's very 80s. Like he's done, like, <laughs> how many times has he been a New York Times bestseller? Almost every book. Almost every book is, like, it hits number one on the New York Times bestseller list. So this is where we introduce the Denarian? This is, this the, is, this is a big book. Mm-hmm. This is where we get, the this Denarians. This is where get stuck with Lashiel. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, we get, we get the Denarians. We characters. get... I love Lashiel. Annabelle Mont. Yeah, Annabelle Mont. We get the Archive. I like the Archive. Kincaid, uh, yeah, lots, lots of things. I loved how I love the Denarians. They're one I of my favorite bad guys of any bad guy in any story. Like, cause the way that they that he incorporated the whole, you know, the demons from Judas who killed Christ and they fallen all fallen angels, fallen angels, and mm-hmm. thirty silver pieces. The 30 pieces that, that were given the, to and Judas. The, and those were possessed by the fallen angels. Right. And whoever owns those coins. Like, gets a, gets a demon in their head. In their head. And, this, and you meet the other uh, Knights of the Cross. Yeah. yeah the, this is where you meet Kinshiro or whatever and his name is. Shiro. Yeah. I love the way you meet Shiro. Oh, yeah. Because Dresden walks by the guy walking with the cane. He's like, oh, you shouldn't be here, dude. And then, like, shit's going down. And then when he comes back, Shiro's got the sword out. It's like, oh. You're a badass. <laughs> and then Shiro ends up being a true badass, man. I love Shiro. Hold, please, with the, the glasses. Like, this this book, more than most, probably has, like, so many great scenes. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. you have, you know... The, the very you have the first, first fight. With the bear. With the bear. Well, and, but there's also that shootout outside the TV station. Right, there's a shootout. Oh, that's right, this is the one where it go, like, goes on the... Well, uh, that's where he meets... Um, uh, uh, the Count, Ortega. Duke Ortega. Is on the TV show. Right. on the TV show. And Dresden loses his temper and blows every... <laughs> blows everything up. He gets sued by the TV talk show host. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, but you have that. You have Butters. the first fight. This, Yes, yeah, we, we meet Butters. Butters. Yeah, because he goes down to the morgue to help figure out what happened with the body. Right, Murphy calls him in. You don't go to the morgue during the loot guru? Mm. Nope. Sure? Uh, yeah, all of that happens in the police station. And you have, like, the first big fight with the Denarians where, like, Dresden doesn't know what he's up against. Accidentally Soulgaze is one of them. Accidentally Soulgaze is one of them and is, like, just getting the shit kicked out of them. And the Knights of the Cross show up. It's amazing. You have the boat scene. And, you know, like, in, when, the, you know, the daughter shows oh, up and right. is using her... Deirdre. Deirdre is using her razor-sharp, like, hair, hair to, like, cut shit and... Uh, you've got the train scene that's amazing. The All the stuff with Michael the, is great. The torture scene, the hotel scene. Oh, the torture scene's the torture scene's hard. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure he writes the sex scene just fine. Yeah. It's, they see, always seem so out of place. They Yeah, they never seem... You could have just like, left it as they got laid. Great. Well, yeah, but, but he it described, so it, it goes from, like, this awesome, like, sci-fi book all of a sudden into, like, this romance novel for, like, a page or two. It becomes very her firm white milky breast and his and it's just like <laughs> in his, in his manhood and it's just like well come on either 
write like you've been yeah. writing the rest of the story, just leave it out. And then they fucked. Yeah, or something, or I don't know how he could have done it, but I don't like the way it becomes so, like a Fabio. I feel like sexy. you're just. Like I feel Fabio like you're sexy. uncomfortable with sex. Maybe no. you just are uncomfortable with that. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's it. But still, like I don't know. I thought it was hot. Yeah, well, out of yeah. place, maybe hot. Yes. It's maybe better for girls, but I've read like penthouse letters. Oh, Those I've are totally never, different. I've Those never are... read that crap. Ew. So. <laughs> That's sexy. That's how it's a, a guy, I guess. You know, it's like, if yeah, it's gonna I, do it, like, if you need to go all the way, don't half-ass it. Don't. Yeah, but then, like, you gotta, better. like, if, it's, it's sort of like a PG-13 movie, you no, know? You isn't. can only go. No, that was not a PG-13 scene. Because he chops Shiro into, like, little cubes. And he's still alive, like long enough to talk. Right, but if you get too, if you get too sexual, and the blood's all over the wall and shit. And right, but if you get but, too sexual, you have to classify as erotica, which changes how it can be sold. And, and that's also a thing in America. Is here in the U.S., we're totally okay with violence. But yeah. when people start smushing their naughty bits together, oh no no, watch out now. Same with language. Maybe I don't like it how he never actually gets laid. It's always a wet dream, or it's always fucking ruined. Or he yeah, actually so, got had sex in this one though. With Susan. Yeah. yeah. Right, but then it turns bad. Yeah, it's it like... bad. No, they fuck and then she's happy. She stops trying to eat his face. That's true. Cause no, wait, wasn't there something about they got too passionate and she starts to go crazy and he has to like stop her? He that ties was beforehand. Her up. He ties her up beforehand. And then he has sex with her while like she's Like the magical rope and like so she's basically bound to the ceiling and... He fucks her. Okay. Still not my. I still don't think he's that good at it. I don't think it fits. I don't think it's. I. I mean, maybe the feels... Susan one. Maybe him sleeping with Susan fits a lot more. But like the dreams with Murphy and stuff. And just yeah, like, ah, those were kind of weird. It. Yeah, stop it. That was like. Yeah. That was a subconscious. I'm uncomfortable now. Once the subconscious explained why, but still, I felt like he could have done it in a different way. The only thing I really liked in this book was the, uh, the the duel. Oh, the duel. Well, and you get Thomas again in there. Right, but like that's the, where Thomas shows up drunk. Or yes. pretends he's drunk. He's, yeah, he right. shows up he's trying to ruin his father's reputation or something. But he's not really drunk. He's actually ready to go. And he's totally there to like get Harry's back. Not like. Doesn't Kincaid ruin the fight? Uh. No. No. Uh, Ortega. Ortega pulls a gun. Ortega pulls. He doesn't a gun. actually pull it out though. Yeah. It's, up, it's he, in his. It's in his skin or something. It's in his skin and he shoots through it. Right, but doesn't doesn't Kincaid shoot him before? Doesn't Kincaid shoot no, before? No, it's um, the guy Martin. The sniper. Martin shoots him. Martin. The guy, the Mr. Bland that comes in with Susan? Yeah. Susan's friend. Kincaid's there, though. He's yeah. there as... Oh, that's when he starts pulling out shotguns and blowing people out of the right. sky. He's trying to get the archive out. Right, he's trying to get the archive. Because shit's arch- gone down now. Yeah, right. Because they were right trying now. to get the archive and Dresden. They wanted to kill two birds with one stone thing, right? No. They wanted was, to... That was small favors when they were after the archive. Oh, right, right. Small favor is when they're trying to turn the archive into a denarian. Right, but a, I thought there was a point where the... the, the the vampires wanted her in the when they're in the when they're fighting in the uh, stadium. Maybe because isn't that why Kincaid's like freaking out, blowing vampires away, running with uh, the. With I think the he's right yeah. I think arm? I think you're right. Uh-huh. It's like they want to turn her into a vampire. They wanted to get two with one stone kind yeah. of thing. No, I'm telling you that small favor. No, that that is a thing in small favor. But I thought there was a small little snippet. Mm-hmm. Then why is Kincaid freaking out about the the duel? Because going bad? he's there to protect the archive. His whole purpose of being. But why there does he have to protect him if the vampires aren't trying to get her? Because he's there to protect her. Like that's just his job. He is her bodyguard. You're missing the point. Why are the vampires attacking him? So he has to the protect her. The vampires were attacking Dresden. 
then why is Kincaid blowing him away because if they could have just walked away with the archive? The archive and him could have gone, oh, this shit went to hell, and walked out. Because they're still a part of it. No, I, I think there was something going on where the I vampires were after Kincaid. Otherwise, he wouldn't have started blowing them away. I think you're wrong. Then why is he blowing them away? Because they're in the way. They're <laughs> in the way. <laughs> Go back and reread the book. I'm okay. They were not after her. Yeah. They were after her in a point. She was in danger. That's why Kincaid's blowing him away. Yeah, but they weren't. It may not have been their main plan. It may not even have been an idea, but it was an afterthought while shit started going down. So at some point, he has to protect them from her. Or her right. from them. Well, or, I think it's also they're vampires and they're just trying to eat everything. Yeah, they're trying Could to be. kill fucking everything. Could be. I don't remember. They weren't there were because she called he called for a moderator and got the archive. He didn't request that she was there. It's true. But I thought things were manipulated behind the scene then. Guaranteed her to be there. Mm-mm. I need to reread it then. Oh. <laughs> after, I mean, I need to reread them all anyway. After, yeah, I think after Cinder Spires, I'm gonna. You got a long ass flight to do it on, too. Well, I've got the Aeronauts to read right now. Mm. It's okay. good. Yeah, it's good so far, anyway. It is good so far. Uh, but yeah, Death Mask, man, like. We've barely scratched the surface on this book. And this is like another time when you see, like, how badass Marcona is. Oh my god. Like when he's fighting the... Um, on the train? On the train, and he's just like beating the shit out of this demon. Remember, like, it's him oh, yeah. and... It's him and Dresden. Sonya. And this is when... This is when they take the helicopter of the Valkyrie going, right? They do that a couple of times. They right. did it a couple of times. But, but yeah, the Valkyrie takes, takes him in, and like they're fighting on top of the train, and... Dresden almost kills him, but, like, Marcone is just, like, basically being an MMA fighter and taking down demons, and, like, it, that was a great scene. They haven't explained all of Marcone yet. No, just no. Just that. I no, know, oh, no. Sure. There's a lot more. This is the one with the Shroud. Yes, the Shroud of Turin. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Marcone is the main reason behind it. Right. He, he wants the Shroud for a girl. Right, it was the which last the, person... Which is the innocent that was killed in the... Be- which started his whole crime lord yes. stuff. That was and it's why you'd never touch kids. That's why he's like, yeah. Yeah. She's... Coma? Coma. Yes. And there's like... So she's Persistent not vegetative state. Something like that, yeah. Does she... He, he, wants the, he gets the shroud stolen because he wants to heal her. Yeah, and Dresden lets him have the shroud for a few days. That's yes. when they become kind of... They, kind not of friends. friends. There's yeah. a slight mutual respect. Yeah, they kind of... That ends up not being the shroud, and what ends up happening with that? Nothing. Nothing that we know of. We don't it talk gets, about it gets repro- It gets returned. I know that, but I'm talking about the girl that was. No, you never, never hear, hear about from her again. again. I'm guessing. Uh, I'm guessing that it'll probably come back up. I'm thinking so. I'm thinking so. That ended up not being the shroud, which I thought was an interesting part that Jim Butcher puts in. He goes, "Well, Jim, or, it wasn't. No, Dresden, the real one was. Dresden was like, well, if." enough people believe in something, it can kind of generate its own magic. Power. Right. The real one I mean, is safely ensconced elsewhere. Yeah, in the vaults Vault. of... Hades. Hades. Yeah. I loved that fucking Oh, book. I did too. I loved Hades. I love the book. I love <laughs> the whole thing. And I like how when he takes... Well, I know we're skipping ahead. We are. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, okay, I think... I don't know. This is dragging on really long. Hey, why not let's call the first five? We'll put this one out, and we'll just get on the call some other time. Yep. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Cool. And we're a third of the way through. So thanks for listening to the first part of the Dresden Files uh, respect, 
ret- retrospective. retrospective. You can talk. Bye. Bye.